1: Drinking session. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Almost. No, really good chat and, and 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 you know an ongoing one over the years. Absolutely, we, we, have, we have we have literally across.
1: opposite ends of the spectrum with Maddie and uh, Carlitos talking about teens' relationship with alcohol, what it's like being the child of an alcoholic. You know, I talk about fears as an alcoholic parent. We talk about fears as parents. What is our role? What is our job? All that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, a really important conversation. Welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. This week is the topic of alcohol and our teens and how much they drink. And especially if you don't know already, I'm sure you probably do if you're listeners, uh, we're a family that's very much, uh, one part of us is very much defined by my recovery from alcoholism. Um, It's something that's threaded through our day-to-day lives. It's threaded through me as a parent. And more recently, I guested on a dear friend, Sober Dave's, New podcast, One for the Road. Uh, And in the middle of that conversation, it did turn to, um, you know, discussions about our children and what our plans or fears are as recovering alcoholic Mm. parents as your children start to drink.
0: Mm. And we a long time ago we did we did do a podcast on alcohol and teens. But I think this is something we will revisit many times because a, as Mark says, because we're a family that is, you know, affected by, by alcohol. Oh, but I, don't, I don't think there's a family that isn't. Come on, let's no, it. No, but I think there are lots um, of families
1: that don't, don't acknowledge it.
0: Yeah. Um, and we, so we get messaged a lot. So I think it's just an ongoing conversation. Mm. Um, I mean, it never ceases to amaze me how body confidence, confidence is an ongoing conversation. Mm. And yet a lot of people don't really want to address this one because it's a really tricky one. Yeah. Um, and I know you doing this podcast last week did sort of... And we've had a few conversations off the back of it, haven't we? And, of course, it stirred things up for you and your thoughts of back, back to when you were younger and, and your drinking habits and, and how they began and how they escalated and, you know, ended up where they ended up. But also now because Maddie is 18... It's moved along for us a bit, this conversation as well, because Maddie can now go into a pub. Mm. Maddie now can drink as much as she wants. Mm. Maddie can do whatever she wants with alcohol. We have no say over it whatsoever. Now she's going to be the drinker she's going to be, isn't she? Yeah. I mean, and that's, it's my heaviest drinking time of her age, I have to
1: say. And that's petrifying. And it was bizarre, actually, because I, I picked her up in the car last night. She had gone to meet friends socially out. Uh, and as she got in the car, she said, oh, Dad, I've got my first legal drink in a pub tonight. And I was sort of that pattering in the background. Is that, is that is dog? That dog <laughs> She's just licking her foot. Um, and I have to confess, when she told me that, there were two things. I felt two pangs. One was I've long had this desire, bizarrely, as a recovering alcoholic, to want to buy her a drink in um, a pub, the Nelly Dean, on Dean Street in Soho, which is where I spent many, many... I have to say, and this is an important part of what we're going to discuss later, I spent many fun times as well as it was also, you know, the location and the HQ of many very distressing and out of control times. But then Dean, I wanted to take her there because I wanted to buy her a, in inverted commas, responsible pint from a place that I had and have a love-hate relationship with. And when I was talking to Dave in our chat, I equated my last, there are many rock bottoms. When, you, when you're when you an alcoholic, you have many moments where you think, this is your rock bottom. We often use the phrase in many walks of life. Mm-hmm. And it's when you hit that point where, you know, you're about to lose something major or potentially everything in your life. And um, it's the moment where you have to sort of take stock and, and try and change things. And I had several very acute and obvious rock bottoms. But the least, less obvious one, which I was talking about with Dave, was when... I remember vividly ending up at the Nelly Dean, standing in front of the bar, looking at the countless drinks on offer. And I remember thinking, I want all of those drinks. And there was such a tiredness in me. I didn't want any of the drinks. And I remember standing there feeling really broken and it was quite deserted and it must have been a sort of late afternoon, one afternoon. And I equated it almost uh, to Dave to... It was like rather than sort of putting my arms out and feeling absolutely helpless in front of an altar with Christ on it, I was doing it in front of an altar with a with a Bodingtons, you know, a lever and a, and a Ruddles County lever and a, and a Beck's, and I just literally, I remember feeling like standing there with my arms out, thinking, I, I don't want any of this, and yet I need all of this. And I, the reason I want to take Maddie there because I want to talk to her, I want to share a pint with her and say the thing that I've often said to the girls, which is try and keep this in control. Try and have mindfulness around how much you can enjoy having a drink. Don't blow it. Don't get greedy. Don't go over the top. Don't use it to solve your emotions in every walk of life. Don't get to the place I got to in this pub. Keep this pub a place which is nice to come to, where there are nice memories. It makes me emotional because, you know, I wrecked it for myself. And that's the only approach I feel I can take with the girls. I sometimes.
0: get really angry, though, about this, because oh, I don't angry. believe you wrecked it for yourself. I think we always look to the person to go, what was wrong with this person? Why couldn't this person control their alcohol? Why did this person go so crazy on alcohol? It's because it's a bloody poison. Well, and, and I think, you know, I think, I think some people, it's just, well, I actually, I love a drink, right? And I'm probably going to drink all my life. But I absolutely believe that it is a class A poison. I really believe that. I think if it came in now, it'd be class A. There'd be no doubt about it. It'd be a class A drug. Mm. And I think we spend an awful lot of time blaming people or questioning people Mm. as to why they can't cope with this fucking poison, right? And then we deem at 18, people are ready to drink. Some people reward their children for their GCSE results because I know this because we did this on these women with a bottle of vodka.
1: Yes. We
0: have got a fucked up, warped up way of thinking about alcohol. You still, after how many years of sobriety, have to almost apologise mm. about you and alcohol. Mm. You know, and so I get, I get, I get really upset about this because when I try and talk to this to about this to people who are totally in denial about alcohol and just see alcohol as a wonderful. Part of her life, which it can be, but I. Every time I drink, it affects my body. When I gave up drink for a hundred days, mm. okay, this was funny, guys. The year before last, I gave up drink for a hundred days, okay, and it's all about. And then when when I when I come to the end of the hundred days, it's all about when you can have a drink. But it's really weird. I didn't actually have a drink for about a week after the hundred days. Then I had it, and I had a very good glass of champagne. So it wasn't it? it we're not talking about, you know shit under the, round the back door vodka. I had an excellent glass of champagne. I think it was an organic glass of champagne. Do you know what? I felt utterly poisoned. I felt so unwell. I do apologise for our dogs My running
1: out. God, around. they seem to have become the most mobile dogs in the world.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I felt utterly poisoned. And I spent the next week having drinks to try and not feel ill when I had a drink. Right. Because it's a poison. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that... Um, I think that we're right sometimes to feel a bit hysterical and a bit worried or yeah. over-worried, as some might say, about our children stepping in yeah. to the world of poison. I mean, in America, you can't have a drink before 21 in a lot of states but they because do. the brain is still developing. But they and do. Of course, they do. Yeah. It's like, I was drinking at 14 big
1: bottles of red wine. You know. but I think that's one of the problems. You tell any youngster not to do anything um, and you make it an incredibly captivating and alluring thing.
0: Well, that well, that is the nub of this discussion, isn't it? How do you handle yeah. that? Now, that story you've just told breaks my heart because I know, oh, my God, the unbelievable journey you've had with alcohol and to get sober. And to grow up in a house with alcohol and with all the drama around alcohol and the fear around alcohol and the fear of having a drunk parent and all of that. And yet still, as a society, we demand that you go, I was greedy. There was something wrong with me. No, poison is available, right? So, okay, this is the world that we've got and there's alcohol in it. I've just sat here and said I'm going to carry on probably drinking all my life. How the fuck do we navigate that with our kids well and that's when we know that
1: well i'm sure some people would say the last thing you do is take your child to a pub and get them a drink and i would entirely disagree i think you know part of part of your job as a recovering i think as a recovering alcoholic i've got two options and you know having met and know knowing other recovering alcoholic parents um, I do ask Maddie when she does her voice note later. I do ask her about what's it like having a parent who is, you know, in recovery. Essentially, does it create pressure? Does it make you think about drink differently? So I'd be interested to see or hear what she says. But um, you know, I do know that with other parents, you, you can go one of two ways. You can go the route which a lot of alcoholics have to go because they cannot tolerate alcohol in the house because for them mm. it would be a risk. So there'll be mm. a sort of zero tolerance. Mm. However, it certainly won't be drink at dinner and da 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 da. Or you go the route of, and I've heard many people heartbreakingly talk about this, which I think I have to go, which is you have to essentially show show them your sort of experience like you do when you go to an AA meeting, share with them your experience. Don't pretend you didn't have a good time at times, mm. which I try to do. I know sometimes you say that I, I balance it a bit incorrectly, where it possibly sounds like it's a bit rock and roll. But I want them. <laughs> totally I want them, them. No, no. But I want them to know that there is fun to be had. Because if I'm as a parent, I'm sitting there pretending it wasn't real. I'm kind of negating any anything they're going to encounter. They can have many funny times at other people's expense and their own sometimes. Alcohol is great fun. It can be great fun, absolutely. And I had a lot of laughs. And I think to hear that. Just to hear that sentence, I hope, immediately makes your children or someone go, all right, this isn't a guy who's just religiously and fanatically opposed to something. No, I don't
0: think that works in any sense. Well, it doesn't, no, 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 does it doesn't. It?
1: But no, but I think a lot of people who are in recovery feel they've got no choice because they yeah. have to be that for themselves. So the mm, idea... But
0: I would say you've got to think beyond outside of yourself yeah, with that. I know, I know in recovery the rule is the most important thing is your sobriety. Mm. And... And I get that. It's like, you know, It's that's why I never really push you to do things that you don't want to do because I have to think about your sobriety. You know? Absolutely. Like, if I... You no, know, one of the things that I really miss in my life would be to have... I would love to have more people around for dinner and stuff like that, but I know that that's a very awkward situation if people are drinking and you're slightly shy. Like, I like to have a drink if I've got people around to dinner, but that's absolutely... That situation... There is nothing more important than your sobriety. Because it's a bit like for me, it's a bit like being married to somebody with diabetes, say, and they've got, and you're taking away that insulin. They need that insulin to stay alive. Mm. But I think when it comes to your children, mm. there is an extra gargantuan strength that has to come in. Because I'm thinking of one young person I know whose whose mother had a bad problem with alcohol. And actually, she still has the ravages of it now. She's still mm. very unwell. And I remember her talking to me when she was about 16, her daughter, and saying, I'm just so angry because she just keeps telling me that there's a really big risk I could be like her. Right. And I could be like my dad, because her dad was also yeah, yeah, yeah. an alcoholic. And and I, it was awful because when I was having this conversation, for, I felt for her mum yes. because I knew her mum had that fear because we're adults mm. and we know yeah, I mean, that the stakes are high yeah, if you I have that, an alcoholic And I parent.
1: have that fear with all of my yeah. children. I mean, you know, so if I'm to sit here now and be honest, I fear for all four yeah, of my daughters and their well. relationship with yeah. alcohol. I don't actually fear for it anymore because I'm an alcoholic, though I do believe, and lots of studies have been done about this and I'm, I'm interested in it myself, I do think addiction runs through families. I do think trauma Gets passed in your DNA from generation to generation, and I do think it's something that needs a lot more study. That probably will never now be in this post-COVID age any study of that sort of thing. But you know what I mean. I think that's interesting, but I worry about all four of them. I- Can I just
0: pause you one second there? Right, you cannot tolerate alcohol. Okay, you can't tolerate mm. it. Imagine if you couldn't tolerate milk or wheat. Mm. You know, you were dairy. I can't. No, exactly. But we wouldn't question. We'd be fully expecting that one out of your four daughters may have the same intolerance. So I don't think it's hysterical. No, and I think you know when I was talking to this young person about this, and I felt so sorry for her, and I felt so sorry for her parents because her parents know the odds are stacked against. And yet, how do you protect your child? And I think you do a really good job of of walking that line where you aren't trying to control it or say to them you've got a very high risk because of course what will a child do probably run in the opposite direction go oh, i haven't watch me here i go mm-hmm. so it's about relinquishing control as well and saying at some points i have to let go let god and see what happens now don't you
1: but i mean you know that let go let god guys isn't a sort of pseudo-religious kind of um beat there it's one of the phrases in in aa that that's kind of you know Come into our family. I think one of the other phrases, one of the other things that always sticks with me when I think about how I negotiate the situation with the girls and I have to say guys as I'm sitting here thinking about this and I knew we were going to talk about this I find it an intensely complicated subject to talk about. I mean it's a very familiar it's a very familiar subject. I don't I mean I overanalyze everything I do in my life. I'm ultra analytical and yet weirdly around the topic of drink I find I can only stay sober, and I can only be of use. And this isn't to say that I am of use and not behaving in an alcoholic fashion a lot of the time. I'm not suggesting I'm perfect at all, but in terms of around alcohol, it's probably, I've realized, I'm having a bit of an epiphany, as we call it, epiphany. It's probably the one area where I choose not to overanalyse it because I have to go with just what instinctively has come to me, which does mean I can feel very low at times, but it also means I can be very high and up and silly and kind of proactive and kind of at ease about it. But when I analyse how... What is my strategy for dealing with my children as a recovering alcoholic as they head out into the world of alcoholism, of of alcohol? I don't fucking know. I'm sitting here thinking, well, I don't actually have a strategy. I don't actually have a strategy. But one thing I do turn to... It's something that they often say to the families, the loved ones, the children of alcoholics, which is you didn't, you can't cure it, you didn't cause it, and you can't control it. And actually, I have to adopt that attitude to all of my children mm. at this stage. And I was saying this in this other chat I did with, with Sober Dave. Mm. Um, you know, it's really important that you actually have some ease with yourself and say, "I can only do so much." Mm, exactly. I can only exactly. say so much. I can be, I have to be, and I I think I have to be these things. I have to be realistic about it. Mm. I have to be not just a sort of naysayer and a party poop about it. Because... Or panic. Yeah, because that would be lying about my experience of it. I had many, many great times. I wouldn't have kept Mm. going back to it if I didn't. I do need to draw, I think, as a parent, or be mindful in watching my children. And this is where I think it gets tricky. When are they already at the early stages of their life, beginning to use alcohol to solve emotions. That's when it gets really worrying for me. That's where I think that's the problem I think, creeps in.
0: But I think it comes right in with the teens. I think that's where it starts. Well, because
1: all teenagers are going through emotional uh, problems, right? <clears throat> <throat> yeah,
0: because when you first start drinking as a teenager, um, it's often about fitting in. Mm. It's about shyness. Yeah. So I would doubt that there's a single teenager anywhere that doesn't use alcohol to deal with their emotions um, and to fit in everyone oh. wants to fit in and that makes no difference like I'm sitting here talking about the dinner parties we might have had mm. but the alcohol helps us fit in oh, yeah, it doesn't, change. Yeah. It doesn't change we all do it. it, those that aren't drinking anymore and those that are drinking anymore it's the same oh. emotions um, and I think that like you say, the three very important C's, didn't cause it, can't control it, can't cure it are things that you have to chant, whilst at the same time keeping open, fresh, mm. um, non-judgmental conversation. Mm. Your child will just hide it. But it's he, as simple as that. Your child will, like I did, like we all did. You know, I used to. I used to get absolutely blasted at fifty. Yeah.
1: But let me share. Let me share a really awkward thing. And this is really awkward, and I don't know how to deal with this sometimes. You know, there there can be situations and there have been circumstances where, you know, there's a family get-together, you know, the extended family are around and we're all sitting down and our children are of a certain drinking age. Someone outside of the core family, and I mean by that, me or you, offers my daughter or one of my daughters a drink. I get so protective. I have to batten down the hatches. I'm thinking of, like, your sister, if she pours a glass of wine. I'm like, don't... I, I literally feel like and this, and this is interesting because so much of when people pour drinks for people isn't about pouring drinks. It's about pouring drinks for themselves. Mm. They're getting other people mm. to the place that they want to justify their own drinking. And because I'm an alcoholic, I know that I used to do that all the time. Mm. I'll pour your glasses up so I can have mm. a whole fucking bottle. Mm. I'll pour your So when I see that happening with my daughters... This is the point, and, and just because it's happening with, say, a member of the family, it's, it's obviously a safe situation. They're not trying to get them plastered, they're not trying mm. to turn them into No, alcoholic. I know exactly what but you that's mean. But that, that mm. thing also happens in friendship groups, and I was a victim of that. Mm. Well, I know when I look back now, I can think of all those friends as teenagers, as, stu- as a student, as a young adult when I was working, as, a, as an older adult when I was working. They wanted me, they knew I'd drink far mm. more, and I would buy them all drinks so I you could drink You used to more. pour
0: drinks till that wine was right to the rim of yes. the top of the glass. Yeah, yeah. But, I get so but, protective
1: of the girls, though.
0: But I, I absolutely agree with everything that you say. I feel it the same way. But what I would also say, I feel that in almost every situation that they go into in the adult world, when a friend is manipulating them, when a boyfriend yeah. has sent a text that I know what that text means, I know the way that they're behaving, I know what the plan is, when when a boyfriend lets them down. When it And so all these things... The adult world, as we watch them being, I suppose, it's a kind of, it's a kind of knocking off of their childhood. Just you seeing it being Mm. chipped off. Mm. We know what's coming. But also, in those moments, even more so, you have to stand back, let go, let God, because now... They are going to be who they are. And to keep those conversations up and going, you can't step in and control it. You can't step in and stop it. You can't say, Well, I didn't want you to go to the pub today because it's, it's, it's Saturday and you went to the pub on Friday. You're 18. She, she's 18. Mm. You know, I, I really wish you weren't seeing that boy because I don't like that boy. I don't mm. know how he looks at you. So I'm not talking about any boy, by the way. No, no. Maddie's boyfriend, we adore. Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying that these are the very difficult points of being a, in a in your relationship with your child. And that's why I love this podcast so much because we hear so much about the toddlers and the nappies and all of this. What you do as your child Mm. is standing on the edge of adulthood and we have to watch them around those adults. Well, it's the only... And pray to God that they're going to be all right.
1: But it's funny, it's the only time I see bottles of wine as poison, which is when people, other people I love in my family offer my children drink. Uh, in my, I'm just being honest about my soul, whether it's rational yeah. or not, or right or not, I want to wrestle that person to the ground, take them outside mm-hmm. and say, do you not realise that you are on a low level convincing them to drink something when this potentially is a situation they don't need to have a drink? We need to almost champion every occasion. They don't have to have a drink because what we're saying to them is, and, and this is where society is so difficult. This is why I struggle, and so many alcoholics or people with drink struggle socially when they don't have a drink. Because every single conceivable fucking social situation, and you've corrected me on this very importantly. Coming out of lockdown, I say to you, Oh, but they'll be annihilated. You're like, you know what, Mark? Most people don't want to get annihilated. <laughs> Another thought only of a couple of occasions I can think of. No, people don't come, okay, they don't get annihilated. They get very drunk and very boring and very un- un- untalkable with and very sort of. Self-obsessed and very emotional, and I suddenly find myself absolutely at sea. And the danger and the difficulty as a sober parent, and this has happened with my elder girls too, is that when you can see that they've moved to another level of their drinking in that night or at that point, I know I can't reach them. I I know I literally can't reach them, and I'm also now just an annoying dad who's sober, who doesn't, who becomes a nasty, a horrible reminder of the fact that they're a little bit drunk, and and that. That dynamic is really frustrating, and then there's another dynamic which I get really—it's weird. My social anxiety creeps into this, is when I hear Maddie talking about how fun her friends' parents are, and it's always attached to drink. It's that's the world we live in. Always attached yeah, to drink. in. He's great because he's oh, when he was at the party and they were all drunk and all yeah. the parents were drinking, and I'm thinking I can't give
0: that to you. Him. Would have thought you would have thought the same when you were her age, and I think that's the difficult thing is that you have to you yes we have to be aware we have to be alerted but we mustn't see every single situation as a minefield because we we can't we can't do anything about that no we can't do anything about that you know when i was a kid it was there was all my parents drank but it was all the parents that you know, laid around smoking spliffs that were cool. There's always going to be something that other parents do that is cool, mm-hmm. you know. And what you have to be really mindful of is that you don't become almost resentful of that. Well, that's not something I no, do. No, you no, have to bad. have I do. power. I do. You have to stand in your power. No, I know. No, I, know. I, have to work, I
1: have to work on it. But it, again, because, you,
0: because what you are as a dad, which so many dads are, is incredibly plugged into your children. You share so many things and so many interests. And in a way, by you demeaning yourself and your power as a parent because you can't drink, you're also giving that power to alcohol again. No, 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 know, no I know. I know, you know, there, are, there aren't many people that can say, I share such great passions with my dad about this, this, mm-hmm. this, this, which they do. Mm-hmm. I know when push comes to shove, all my dad's going to do if I'm struggling, if I'm sad, or if I need somebody, is pop and put his arms around me and listen to me and give me everything I need. Sorry, it makes me emotional. Because I don't want you to... Th- I see you think like that. And I think you... I think you do yourself a disservice. You do sobriety a disservice. You do your relationship with your child a disservice. Children will tease. It's like my... Girls love to come in and go. Oh, so and so's rice potatoes are so much better than yours. Oh, I can eat peppers when I'm. At... Does she does she goes to me all the time about everyone else's food is better. It's 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 the rite of passage. It's what it's what kids do to their parents. And mm. I don't want you to ever think that she feels let down by the fact that you can't get fucking. No, pissed. I don't. I don't.
1: I don't think she does feel let down. I feel. Well, I'm just being honest. I feel a failure. Oh, sweet.
0: Um, but isn't that just the horror, the power of alcohol?
1: Oh. And you just feel That's marked. just
0: so awful.
1: You feel marked as different. You feel, you know, it's sweet because whenever I get to my sober birthdays, Maddie will often say, all oh, my friends, they're all sort of so, you know, they go, oh, wow, your dad's a legend and da-da-da-da. And they're all usually plastered, as they say it. And I mean that in a fun way, in a nice way. Um... Again, I have to apologize for the bloody time, don't I? Um, I'm not critical of alcohol, really. I'm not critical of alcohol, really. I mean, that's the society we live on. You're, you're walking on eggshells. Not really critical of alcohol, actually. Yeah, got because but nobody's watch, got to make feel Because, got because, to watch because Everyone's got the
0: fear of making anyone else feel bad. Yeah, yeah. About... But, but
1: they do all say that, and I believe them, and I believe that she feels that, and they all believe that. But it makes me feel marked as the weirdo, the freak, the odd one. Oh, he's the, that's the parent who can't drink. And it's like, it's not even about won't drink now. It's about. Can't drink, and I I think you Make that up in your own head. Because what
0: about the parent who? Okay, what about the parent who never listens to their child? What about the parent that doesn't even that doesn't even know one of their friends, their kid's friends' names? No. What about the parent that doesn't know anything about their kid's dreams? And yet you are putting too much store in that.
1: No, it's only because we're talking about this, and when we're on this subject, it's good good that we're talking about it. Comes through the door. This is how I feel. So I feel I feel extraordinary protection. When people I consider in my safe zone give alcohol to my children, I feel a huge failure when I can't meet the behavior or the hijinks and silliness but oh, get don't get me wrong anyone who follows our social media knows I'm pretty stupid I'm pretty hijinksy and, and irritating and I can make the girls laugh and all that thank God because if I was not half as bloody stupid I could dread the thing but I do you know it it is. It is a situation where, essentially, I do feel marked as different. I think
0: what's good, though, I think what's good is because we don't live in a sober house. Mm. You are sober within a house, mm. and I think that if it was a totally sober house for her at a point when she is starting to enjoy drinking, mm. then it would be. Oh my God! No, my I house couldn't. is a sober house. Yeah, no, I, I can go to my. I can go to the pub. I can go to my friends. I can go to a party. My my friends' parents could pour me a glass of wine with my Sunday lunch, but I can't do that at home. That would become the thing that you don't want. No, no, no,
1: no, no. no, I know you
0: want it. Like We all want it. Like I never wanted to have had a drink. I never wanted to have had a boyfriend. I never wanted to do any of these things. I want to keep her safe. But
1: I suppose what I'm saying to other parents out there who are perhaps in my position is that the more worrying times are when you can see that the alcohol is chaining itself to an emotion. And when that emotion goes downhill and the alcohol keeps going up, that is when I get a cause for concern. That's when I know that connections are being made and that's what happens with alcoholism. You start to fill the void. And I, my heart goes out to actually, because I think a lot of parents actually who have are struggling for a connection with their children find that connection in oh, alcohol.
0: Oh, I know somebody who a says lot,
1: that. A lot there. of men and boys will connect, you know, fathers and their sons will connect because of because of alcohol. You know, a lot of mothers and their daughters over, you know, I hate to be sort of stereotypical here, over Prosecco, you know. yeah, It's like... Beer and Prosecco, the two gender-defined sort of drinks that allow for kind of parents and children to, to bond and connect. And lots of parents get great excitement around the thought of, yeah, let's get get out and let's go out and let's get drunk and da-da-da
0: and, you know, and all that. We were getting sometimes the most drunk I've ever been when I first knew you and we'd go out with you and your mum. No, no, yeah. But, I mean, you know, the thing is, what you talk, a family is just society,
2: yeah, isn't it?
0: Yeah. So, so what you were saying is almost, well... What you would like, what we'd all like, is that society is sober, that there's no dangers out there, that there's no temptations. Yeah. And families are just societies within a house. Yeah. And yes, alcohol is used outside there in society to celebrate, to commiserate, to anaesthetise, and so it is within families. Mm. You know, so, so these three Cs... Happen in the house as mm. much as they do. No, 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 and, that, the house. and that's
1: really good. And for me, that's what the importance of almost an AA meeting mm. to hear that is what drags me back to that scent, that sweet spot. And I am, I do want to stress this, parents and listening and teenagers listening, that there is a sweet spot where you can occupy a place where you can say this can be potentially very dangerous, but it can also be potentially great fun. Uh, and, and 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 really, to suggest that you can have a fixed position as a parent on this is a total fraud because I. I look at the portrait of all my daughter's lives across time, they're in fluctuating states of need. They're in fluctuating states of in control of their situation mm. and, and, and so don't need alcohol. They're in fluctuating states of downness and depression and, and alcohol seeps in. So, you know, you've got to be responsive. You've got to be able to ad lib. And I just think, you know, I mean, it's interesting.
0: It's one of the big, it's one of the, you know, you should, see, for me, boyfriends are as terrifying prospect as as alcohol as drugs or anything these are the big these are the big numbers these are the big things that we deal with as parents and we have to accept that there is a certain amount of absolute terror that's always going to be there powerlessness absolute powerlessness and at the end of the day you know they do get to a certain age and they're going to be who they are yeah, exactly. you know exactly. and i uh, what where i take comfort though i have all my fears is i think they will make loads of terrible mistakes like we like did. we did But then, you know, the other day when I was saying, God, I can't believe it. As a small example, when I was growing up, my parents were always really healthy with their food. My dad was always talking to me about vitamins and green vegetables and pray. And I thought it was the most boring thing in the world. I was just like, and I was chaotic and I ate loads of junk food and but I came back to it. I came back to that root, those foundations that have been put, those mantras that have been put in my head. Right from the kid. And I think even with Maddie, when we've seen her go through different relationships over the years, she had her first boyfriend quite young. And, you know, we had some times where we were like white knuckling through that, weren't we? And thinking, God, this one's a fucking ass. Oh, my God, mm. this one's a controlling, manipulative bastard. We yeah. can see that. And actually, when you think about her boyfriend now, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, my God. God. Oh God, I mean, she went through it. If you think of it as the same sort of path with alcohol, like she's mm. maybe she's drinking a bit more now, she's 18, she's come out of lockdown. I, I feel pretty confident that she's going to do wibble mm. wobbles and she's going to get to what she knows because it's what she's had at the root here all the I way agree. through her life.
1: I mean, I'm really intrigued. We're going to hear from Maddie now, but I'm really intrigued to know, and it's going to be interesting, I wonder if the listener's wondering this, because I'd be wondering this if I was listening, is whether me being a recovering alcoholic albeit with my sort of i'd like to think realistic attitude to alcohol Um, whether that will make the girls feel less able to talk to me or approach me or more able to approach me and talk to me if they encounter a problem because let's not forget the biggest problem with alcoholism and like most addictions is that the key contingent of its definition as an illness is denial it's a disease that's telling you you don't have a disease And that's what's heartbreaking about it, is that when it kicks in in a big way, when it gets a grip of you in a big way, it's telling you to tell the world, I don't have it.
0: I think also it's important within this chat that we're not just talking about alcoholism as well yeah. because the thing is most people don't ever think have don't have any fear about their kids and alcoholism they just have the fear about what's happening with them now what dangerous situations yeah. are they putting themselves in what what because it takes a long time for alcoholism for a lot of people for it to kick in but yeah. I do think it's I do think it's a really important part of this conversation guys because because who knows if they'd been a little more alertness at the beginning of your journey into mm. alcohol how different it might be do you know what i think i don't think it would have made any bloody difference because i think you have a massive allergy to alcohol i really do yeah but so it's a poison of it
1: but i think it does depend on the person who's the, who, the messenger i mean if you've yeah. got someone who's kind of and that's why i would always argue i do talk about the kind of the trauma stories the, yeah the, not the trophy stories but the the awful stories i do i mean i think uh, sober dave led with a story about me and cocaine and chili and helicopters you know i mean you know those stories are out there they're sort of they're they're kind of rock and roll in 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 a big way but I'm always backing them up with I need to this tell the other the side cost. of the story where you this didn't find me for a week Precisely. and you were in Chile
0: and I thought you were dead yeah exactly and I actually gave up on the whole relationship right, that's the go. other side of that rock and <laughs> yes. roll story exactly. because the rock and roll story always ends up with somebody being horrifically impacted hurt. by that behavior exactly. so exactly. we'll tell the other side of that story one day um but just i just wanted to say before we listen to maddie cuz god knows what she's going to say yeah um what i would say to you is remember she's 18 and remember what she says maybe is more than likely not exactly what she thinks, you know, because she'll be exploring her own thoughts on yeah. all kinds of things. So you mustn't be rooted in whatever she says, good right. or bad.
2: Okay. <laughs> so when it comes to, yeah, alcohol with teenagers, yeah, I mean, obviously teenagers do drink a lot. I mean, adults do as well. Um, I don't know what too much is. Like I, I feel um people my age's idea of too much is a lot more than what too much is. Do you know what I mean? Like there's been times where I've kind of just said to my parents how much I've had on a night out thinking that's completely normal and they've been like <laughs> So you know, I don't know. I but yeah, I'd probably say we drink too much. Um and that it's alcohol's gotten a lot more a lot worse for all of us since um covid obviously and having like dad be sober and everything um i don't really know what impact i mean obviously it has like an impact, but i don't know how people that don't have a parent who is sober feel like so if, you know for me i can't compare it to anything but um it's really sweet cause although like you know me and my friends we you know we drink and all of that but um whenever I tell people like my friends or friends' parents and stuff that my dad's been sober um, for, you know, 16 years, that everyone's always like, oh, my God, that's so impressive. Like, that's so, you know, so I'm very proud of my dad for being sober and I know it's a real achievement. And it definitely makes me more aware of, you know, addiction and and stuff like that. But I think, I don't know, I think I'm, I'm, I guess I'm still at an age where, I'm not thinking in those terms and, you know, I'm not thinking about the future as much and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I don't, it has an impact because I know that it's impressive and I'm proud of him and everyone who I, you know, I tell it to are always like very proud and they were like, that's real, that's a real achievement. But um, I don't know. And, you know, it makes me aware of these things more, but I don't know what impact it's really had because, you know, I still get drunk when I go out and, and all of that stuff. It hasn't stopped that from happening. Um, and, I, yeah, I, I obviously my dad being sober makes me think of things differently. And, like I've said, I've, me and Kiki have grown up with being aware of addiction and all of this. I think it definitely has its pros and cons. I sometimes feel like me and Kiki have been too... Um, too aware of addiction sometimes and I don't know, I feel like some, like, obviously there are the pros to it and, you know, I can see how um, important it is to get sober and I'm so proud of him for doing it and, like, you know, but I feel like sometimes um, because I've grown up with so much talk about addiction and drug use and drinking and stuff, not so much now, but when I was younger and first was around drinking and all of that, it made me more curious of those things. I think I've kind of come out of that phase now, but it, yeah, I'd say that it's had an impact on me in both ways. Um, I think, yeah, and I do think that there is going to be a lot of drinking coming out of COVID, obviously, because it's going to be like a big year of just freedom and feeling like we can just do what we want and being able to just do these things freely and I think what parents need to be careful of is if you're gonna punish your kids or sit them down and be like remember you can't be doing this da, 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 da. like I obviously I can see why that's important and and everything and my parents should do that but <laughs> as a teen I would say that that wouldn't be effective because when parents tend to do that, and this is from my experience or my friends when parents tend to do that sit down like you need to do da, 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 it tends to make teens more rebellious and want and makes them want to do those things more you know um and I think that will there will definitely be a lot of rebellion after covid because no one's gonna want to feel like they have to do something, no one's gonna want to be like tied down it's going to be like I want to be totally free out with. The people I haven't been able to see often and all of this. So, yeah, I definitely think it's going to head towards some massive, you know, yeah, it's going to be big (laughs) when COVID's over. But at the same time, I feel like COVID itself and lockdown itself gave so many people addiction problems. Um, So a lot of teens might actually come out of COVID having gone through the shit point already during lockdown and then coming out of covid will make them kind of fix up it could go either way really but i think majority of people are gonna go crazy um and i don't really know what parents can do to caution their kids around alcohol because i feel like if parents are too strict about it and all of this then their kids just gonna still go out with their friends and do it anyway and then not tell their parents you know um and that's i think it's more dangerous if a child feels like their parents would be so angry that they won't talk to them because your child could be in really bad, you know, could be in trouble and be really, really drunk and then be too scared to tell you because you've made it really um, clear that you would be angry if you found out, you know. I feel like as a parent what you need to do is just be like, look, like, I trust you to drink, um, you know, the right amount and I trust you to be safe But if you're in this situation, I will not be angry. Just tell me and da-da-da-da. I think that's the best way to approach it because if you're just like, don't do this, don't do that, then you're forgetting what it was like to be young and you're not giving your kid a chance to make their own mistakes and live their own life and have stuff that they're going to regret at the end of the day because I feel like part of life is having that thing of, um, yeah, your parents guide you through their mistakes and try and make sure that... You don't make all the same mistakes as they did, but at the end of the day, your child's got to make mistakes. And I think this whole drinking and all of that is part of the mistakes that people need to make. Um, And I don't know what my worries are around young people and alcohol. It's quite strange, because although I know there are lots of dangers around alcohol, um, I've I've never thought of alcohol as something that would, like... I don't know, be that dangerous. Like, I remember being younger and, well, not that much younger, but, like, you know, a few years ago and I was around my friendship group and everything and everyone would drink so much. They'd drink, like, it would be, like, whole bottles of vodka, like, or Bacardi each, do you know what I mean? And nobody would think twice about it. Nobody would think, oh, this would kill me. Oh, I don't even feel that drunk. Like, it was all of that. So I've never, I know it sounds stupid, but I never used to look at alcohol and be like, Oh, that's dangerous it was always I looked as drugs as being dangerous and alcohol was like fine and I think I worry more about um, how young it's starting now um, because yeah I just feel like generationally like this this the new generation of coming in and my generation to be honest are just very messed up. And I don't think a pandemic helped with that whatsoever. So, I yeah, I, I'd say I'm a bit worried about how it's going to play out. But at the same time, I'm really excited for the time to just to be able to go out and not really fear anything and just feel really free. So I I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. But yeah, I also just don't know what parents would do. I just know that if I when I'm a parent, <laughs> I'll be that parent that's like, you know, I I, you know, don't. Do these like be careful you know but don't be worried to tell me if you've done something or if you're in trouble because I'll just be there to help and I'll be there for you like there would be no like because I'm not trying to make it sound like don't punish your kids because we don't want to be told off because you know that's not I, I mean if your kid's overdoing it then that's when you need to start punishing but I do think that some parents just forget what it was like to be young and forget that that feeling of freedom, being drunk with friends. And, like, it is just a good... At the end of the day, sometimes, it's a really good feeling. Um So, on one hand, yeah, it could be quite worrying how much is going on, after, like, how much is going to be going on after COVID. But on the other hand, um I think it just needs to be seen as... I just think it, it kind of needs to be expected because... <laughs> i i would want to ask parents could you imagine yourselves having been in a global pandemic at this age for almost two years could you imagine yourself doing that and being able to stick to all the rules and being able to have your life sorted out when it's gone and have your future planned out and just like not overdo it partying no the answer would be no and if they said yes and they'd be lying <laughs> so yeah i feel like it's it's very mixed i have yeah mixed feelings about it all but um Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's definitely a lot of alcohol involved in teenagers. Well,
1: there you go. I mean, I think what the most important thing is, and I think I'm still learning, this is Confessions of a Modern Parent, and I think I have three daughters now, all of whom are officially adults, and it gets no more... Uh, no less complicated <laughs> or, yeah, or no more confusing, but it's still it's as confusing as ever, if not more so, because, of course, as your children grow older, there is the feeling that they are fully sentient beings that make their own choices. And and And, and actually, if you're realistic, you've got to respect that. I do feel we are like sentinels or guardians once they get past 18 who are just merely there to be able to keep giving them a pulse of... Well, this is this, and this is this, and that is that. I mean, you know, she said what she just said about drinking too much. It's like last night, she jumped in the car. I said, oh, did you have a nice time? Yeah, it was lovely. She said, oh, really? How oh, good. She said, yeah, and no, it was really nice just being in a pub garden. I was like, oh, God, I could feel she was so full of... She was so happy and so chatty. I said, oh, wow, did you have a pint? And, and she's like, no, Dad, I'm saving the pint for you. And I thought that was oh, very wow. sweet. But then I said, "So, what did you have to drink? She said, oh, well, we had these strength. They were like, They were like gallon pints of... Uh, Gene, what's something? there? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like driving with a Richter screen, <laughs> going, "All oh, right, really? Is that all? you?" Sort of think volume is something, isn't it? When she talks about what yeah,
0: her, it always was. You like, like, like what she says. There, we didn't have bottles of vodka. No, no, available. I didn't have. Vo- no, we didn't actually. I we didn't, didn't drink vodka. Didn't. It we is didn't. a lot worse. The you vodka is get a them real so thing. So easily, yeah. No. We were Cinzano, Martini, a bottle of Leipfrow Milch, um, red wine. It was all that sort of stuff. But, you know, what she said there I think is very important when she said, ask yourself how you'd be feeling oh coming out of a pandemic at well, our age. Well, not, that,
1: not at their age. Most adults are thinking I'm coming out, and I'm
0: going to go nuts. Yeah, and, and I think that's 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 a huge problem that we all have as parents. Huge, oh. huge Huge. She just basically told us the way that it is. We're yes. actually pa- totally powerless.
1: Totally powerless, <laughs> other than we can just... And, in fact, if we were to say, don't do this or don't do that, they're going to run off and the next How can we say that? D- you,
0: uh, well, you know, well, don't do it, what? And then she's going to go out was with she her just, friends and was, she's just going to sit there where everyone's getting blind drunk and just go, well, actually, I'm not going to do I it. I think we should
1: just end this conversation, because there's actually oh, fuck all we can do. say or do. It was really interesting what she said there, though, about as a child of an alcoholic recovering alcoholic, how it both put too much focus on it. She can see the good, but also it's interesting to hear that, that perhaps there was an awareness made of these things that she just didn't want to have. Became curious. Yeah, became curious at at, at a younger age. Um, Well, at the opposite end of the spectrum, obviously Carlitos doesn't have a parent that's an alcoholic. Um, so let's... Colitos
0: is my friend Lisa's yeah. son, if you're the first time to this but podcast.
1: But he does have a mother Eight, who's a 70. chronic swearer.
0: <laughs> Lisa, if you're <laughs> listening. Yeah,
1: so on that count, Colitos, so I do apologise. I do how you cope. <laughs> OK, here you go.
3: I do think us teens consume a lot of alcohol. Um, you know, it's exciting for us. We're at this new kind of stage in our lives where we're somewhat knowledgeable about things like this and we want to know um just more more about it and we want to go with the flow of society um you know drinking alcohol is seen as something that teenagers are expected to do as a part of growing up um but i think when you drink for the fun of it and you're not fully aware of the risks that's when it obviously becomes a whole different ball game and You start to enter the negative, dangerous side to things. Um, I do think teenagers drink a lot of alcohol. There's no reason for it. It just happens. It's just a part of growing up. It's what you do, and that's just how it is. I think when teens drink alcohol regularly, you know, they start to get bored and want something else, and the next thing up from alcohol will be drugs. So it can be a slippery slope, which is why it's important to have limits. Um I don't drink, personally, at all. I don't like it, I hate the taste, it's not for me. Um, my friends drink, you know, before we went to before COVID when we used to go to parties and stuff. Um, and I used to be the one that was like an adult. You know, I was the one that they called the designated driver as they say. Um, well, I don't drive, by the way. That's just the same. But I think after COVID, when everything starts to open up fully, it may be a teen drink oblivion or avalanche. And you know, I think loads and loads and loads of people will start to drink. I, I just think parents should make sure that their kids do understand the danger of alcohol and what it can really do to you and others. It, it I mean, it can literally ruin people's lives and so it's not a thing to sweep under the rug or to take lightly um generally speaking i think with teens it's easy to for adults to dismiss teen drinking as something rebellious or or being really naughty you know but there may be many reasons teens start drinking and they can actually be very complicated you know Peer pressure can be a major example because we feel this pressure to keep up with our friends to try and fit in. Um luckily I don't drink and I couldn't give a flying F what anyone else thought of me, so I've never been pressured into drinking or at parties and anything, which is good. You know, um also teens could drink to distract themselves what ourselves from the pressures of worries of life, you know, being a teenager may be so easy, you know, may seem so easy to adults, but it may like have, it may have been easy when they were younger, but being a teen, uh, being a teen in today's modern world is extremely difficult. And there are, and then we go through, you know, we go through puberty. So our emotions are all over the place. And it, it it's just a tough time and I think teenagers may think drinking is a way to cope which it's not you know ultimately while alcohol is a dangerous thing it's like a drug and you can become addicted so it's it's so dangerous but it's not so bad when you know your limits I think
0: well, there you go. Oh, dude, you can get two more different opposite ends of the spectrum. I but Kalitos actually... is very like that. He is somebody that will never, ever... I mean, Colitos, you know I mean this with the biggest of hearts, but you are, and I mean this, like, in a good way. You're very, very stubborn. He won't be told. No, how to be Now, you know, and I think that we always have to remember this, that... Not every child is going to drink. No, and sometimes really we important. give them that yeah. narrative. Well, you know, you're all going to drink. Well, you know, you're all going to go to university and you're all going to get pissed. Um, but there are some that are able and strong enough to just say, well, not for me, actually. Yeah. But I doubt those people will be listening to this podcast.
1: Yeah, and it's a really important point. It's, I mean, we've talked about this before about having sex at an early age and all that sort of stuff. It's all right, teenagers listening. If you haven't drunk, yeah. do not drink. Yeah. I mean, even us having this conversation about this being an endemic problem creates the problem. Yeah. it's like, oh, I'm not part of an endemic. And that's why problem. it's
0: great to hear from Politos really because to hear they're that. Kids yeah. like Carlitos. Designated drivers. The designated drivers is hilarious. He's I've not even one. had a driving lesson. I'm gonna call you the DD from now on. <laughs> Interestingly, Carlitos' dad doesn't drink.
1: No. Well, I mean he has a beer now and then, but he doesn't Very,
0: drink, right? yeah. very never be like Lisa no. said, never seen him drunk. Her I whole think life. again, that's
1: an important role model. You've got me, obviously, that's one different kind of role model that makes you think, Whoa, well, wonder what about alcohol? But if you've got a parent like, say, Carl, Carlitos' Carlitos's dad or mum who just doesn't drink too much. Well just and, doesn't
0: particularly like it. Yeah, yeah, really yeah absolutely. Gone.
1: That's kind of almost as good, isn't it? And and he's very fun. He's fun loving. Yeah, and he does. Well. And
0: he'll go everywhere and do everything. Yeah, and so he's just easy with yeah. not drinking. And maybe, that's rubbed off on Carlitos. Absolutely.
1: Well, let's have a look at some of our social media. I've got a lovely comment here from Tra La La. Hello, we love your contributions. Uh, We've always had open conversations about alcohol with our teens. Both of their grandparents were alcoholics, so it does worry me about liking it too much. But banning them was never going to work, so lots of chat and discussions instead. The term that oh right the term that Mark always uses have been invaluable in our discussions. Quote make alcohol an acquaintance and not your best friend. Mm. But yes, it worries me more. But more about their safety when drunk. Yes, that, I mean that's all other element we've talked yeah. about is the how it compromises oh, you.
0: But which I talked to. The girl's about yeah. all the time from a very female perspective. Is that another
1: conversation? That might be another podcast, how alcohol compromises
0: you. Because no. it's both well, violence, sex and Anything everything. that comes up where, yeah. um, you know, a girl has been left really vulnerable because she's been around scurrilous people, yes. that would take advantage of that. It is not the girl's fault, yeah. let's just make that very clear. But it's, like, it's that big conversation about... Leaving yourself vulnerable is a really important one. I, there's a pulse of that conversation with the girls all, all the, the time. time. I, I, I probably don't go six weeks, really. Six weeks is probably the longest where that conversation doesn't come back up.
1: A right. uh, lot of other comments here. Uh, anonymous, uh, which is kind of re alcoholics it's anonymous, kind of appropriate. Um, Anon, society teaches us that whatever the emotion, a drink will either enhance or ease it. Exactly. It's entirely frustrating, isn't it? I mean, it's frustrating, it's frustrating, and all you can keep saying is it's frustrating because it ain't going to change. Someone else says, I do think I only drink alcohol to suppress my anxiety and allow me and friends to speak in a filterless fashion.
0: Which is so, so worrying because when you have an anxious child or you have a shy child, I I do worry about that a lot. Mm. I, 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 I am... Seen as a complete extrovert, but I was actually shy as well. So alcohol was always my fuel to be in the centre of things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Someone else here says anonymously, I sniff my teens when they come home just to check and see.
0: (laughs) What do you do once you smell it? Yeah, but
1: if you acknowledge it, what do you then say? Mm. Uh, Someone else anonymous, my 20-year-old is drinking every day up to a bottle of whiskey over a couple of days.
0: No, sweetie. Right, I would really, really recommend you check out Al-Anon.com families of alcoholics because you are going to need some support that is that is a really big problem Mm. that you've got on your hands there and so is he and you are gonna have to have some support around that because that that is speaking from somebody you know that's married to and now sober but was an alcoholic that's an enormous stress on you that's where my heart goes to to you um, because the three C's, you couldn't cause it, you can't control it, and you can't cure it, are very, very, very important in your own yeah. health. So yeah. check out Alanon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, Cookie Carol Creates, thank you for all your support over the over the years, really. Mm. Um, I don't wish to project my father's alcoholism onto my son, so I'm strangely calm about his journey. I mean, again, I think what you have there, Carol, is some degree of Powerlessness, And I think that's, that's something... That's I talk about yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's something yeah. that as parents we have to... You know, my struggle with my sobriety still on a daily basis is accepting my powerlessness over mm. so many things. We can't
0: control the world no. around them. Like mm. if a relative offers a glass yes. of wine... If they go out to the pub and somebody says, have a yeah. shot, yeah. It, we, we are powerless. It's only the conversations that go on for the rest of their yeah. lives that can maybe seep through. Uh,
1: another anonymous horrific problem present increased and aggravated by lockdown and university. Please talk about this. Well, Freshers' Week is such a pressure. Oh, I mean, God. I feel sorry for like, you know, for example, Carlitos, if you go off to university or something like that. I mean, having been through it, you know, there is nothing like Freshers' Week for pressure. Awful. Or spring break just in America. Awful. I mean, it, how do you
0: cope with it if you, Because I, I, I mean, you know, I've heard over the years, um, you know, different teens talking about how they absolutely hated Freshers' Week, yeah. but they had to keep drinking. because to be in that and not be drinking is, is just torture. Yeah, Why does it just have to be this accepted thing that it's okay for people to almost bloody kill themselves in that first week with booze? Absolutely, it's just ludicrous. shocking. It's shocking that there is nothing done mm. to try and help on that. It's just accepted. Mm.
1: And it's this, still this demonising of every other substance, but simply because it's legal, it's somehow less yeah, evil. Of it's, just, it's, it's of
0: course. Of so course. And then all the dealers are around in Freshers' yeah. Week offering the drugs and, yeah. oh, God, I really, really do feel for them.
1: Last couple of comments here. But
0: what I would like to say, because that person's just asking for help, there is Alateen as well, which is you know is, is it, it doesn't you don't have to be an alcoholic to just have a listen and, and maybe get some reassurance and comfort. Just check them out on, on um, online, and of course there's Frank also on web uh, Frank website which help which gives support and a lot of really good insight into addiction and being a young person around substances.
1: Uh, Someone else here says, the more you stop your child drinking, the more they will want it, purely out of curiosity. It's kind of what Maddie was saying. Uh, Someone else here says, "Um, I'm 18. I find the taste of drink revolting. Tried it once, probably never going back. You're probably a designated driver. Um, And someone else here says, Georgia says, I'm 21 and don't drink, but worry that it's so normalised, mainly as a coping mechanism for, for a tough day. And that's so true. It's...
0: And that's why as parents, you have to think really, really carefully about the way that you speak about alcohol. Like, yeah. I will never say in front of my girls, oh, what a day, I need a drink. I just don't allow myself to say that. Sometimes I want... To. It comes up into my throat, but I don't say it. Well, can
1: I just say, it's... On that count, I feel desperately, desperately hopeless because when you have a society that's told us mm. all coming out of lockdown that the best way to deal with it is to get drunk, essentially, where alcohol has been placed on a pedestal as the most meaningful way to kind of essentially... Do you remember it was an essential
0: shot? The off-license was in his class, an <coughs> essential shot. Off licenses never had to close no. the entire pandemic. What are we saying when we close swimming pools and we don't close? Yeah, and we no. close running tracks. Close gyms. The running tracks that we went to that was yeah. outside. Yeah. We closed the running track and left the off licenses Absolutely. open. Had mixed messages. And you know what? As parents, bloody pat on the back. Mm. It's really hard. We are fighting fire with a little. With a tiny little um, plant spray. That's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to do. So, you know, it is incredibly difficult. It really, really is. Mm. And I think it's okay to feel like, to question whether we're managing it in the right way and are we doing the right thing for our kids because it's actually very difficult and I think there's enough
1: pressure to have a drink there's enough of an onus on saying drinking is good for there to be the occasional conversation like this where we just push back on it and go is this the right narrative at all times should we be rethinking our relationship with alcohol that's all we're saying this isn't about being po-faced and misery guts and not having fun and not recognising that alcohol can't have you can't have a good time with alcohol you can it's also about having one little voice one little voice every now and then against a of promotion saying whoa okay well hang on what about those who can't control their relationship with it what about when it tips out of control mm. what about when people drink on their emotions what about when people leave themselves vulnerable mm. all that
0: kind of stuff mm. but as the designated driver i'm now going to leave mm-hmm. <laughs> no other really good thing i was reading about this actually is parents if you drink too much and you feel really shit the next day Don't pretend that you don't. Say the consequences of your own drinking is actually a good thing to share with your kids sometimes. And say, oh, my God, I felt really miserable yesterday when I came home. I made a big mistake. I drank half a bottle of wine. And actually, it's made everything worse. Mm -hmm. It's like the other day, I was feeling really down. And I said it in front of the girls. I said, oh, God, I'm actually really thinking about having a big glass of wine. But why would I do that? Because... I'm still going to feel this shit, but I'm going to feel a bit more shit. Yeah. And then just move on. Don't make a big conversation about it. Yeah. But that drip, drip feed, that, you know, does, does go in. I think mm. it really does go in. Share the hangovers.
1: That was a really important chat, I think. Yeah,
0: it was. And you can hear more episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) Ta-da!